Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series entitled, Choose to Lose. Because of God's great work in our lives, we now have the power to make great choices. We don't need big faith to accomplish huge goals. We just need a little faith in a big God. Are you ready to trust Him for the unbelievable? What will you choose to lose? Here's Dr. Kelly with this week's podcast. All right. I don't know if you just sensed what I sensed, um, but when we just sang that song, Holy, 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 I sensed a, 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 maybe, maybe the right word is a holiness kind of fall over the place today as we declared the beauty and the holiness and the greatness of our God. He is here with us. And uh, you sounded incredible. And I know that's why you come here each and every day, not to see a mere mortal, um, but to actually worship a holy and great God. Amen. So I am so glad you are here. Welcome. Go ahead and just welcome all the campuses. Come on. We just want to welcome them all. All of them. North Raleigh, Coffee House, Sanford Campus, Daughters of the King at the North Carolina Women's Prison Garner, Columbia, Kenya, Internet, Durham Campus. Welcome one, welcome all. At the beginning of this series, and we're wrapping it up today, by the way. At the beginning of this series, we handed all of you a gold ticket. And we invited you to take that gold ticket, pray over it, and hand it to someone as a way to invite them to church. And we told you to explain it, but the ticket also said for them to bring the ticket to church, drop it in a basket in the rotunda or in the offering basket, and we were going to give prizes at the end of the Choose to Lose series. You guys remember that? Well, I get the good news. I get the privilege of announcing the winners. And we've picked a winner from every single campus, the geographically freestanding campuses. And we couldn't include the prison campus because they won't let us bring gifts up in there. But anyway, oh, by the way, I had this thought this week. We love for our campuses to grow, amen? Except for our prison campus. We want that campus to shrink. Can I get an amen? Amen. Anyway, hey, Marvin Hartso, Marvin Hartso, you are the winner at the Central Campus. Deborah Rigsby, hold it till the end, hold it till the end. Deborah Rigsby, you're the winner at the Garner Campus. Amy Banner, you're the winner at the Sanford Campus. Danielle Gore, you're the winner at the North Raleigh Campus. She is the, the granddaughter of Al Gore. I'm just kidding, I just... Just felt felt like doing that. But hey, <laughs> she might be. If you are and you're in North Raleigh right now, would you please tell him he did not invent the internet? I'm just saying. Um, hey, uh, <laughs> the Columbia campus, Irene Gaia, Irene Gaia. Those five winners: Marvin Hartso, Deborah Rigsby, Amy Banner, Danielle Gore, and Irene Gaia. Give it up for the winners and all the guests, all the guests that have come. We had lots of guests, and we drew, we drew out these names. Now, you folks, listen to me very carefully. You were here from a campus pastor this week. We will call you, and you have a choice. Because we, we, we thought about assigning gifts, but we thought, no, 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 no. I said, no, they need to be able to decide what they want. So here are your choices. You can get a free six-month membership to the gym of your choice. Come on now. You can get some free days at the spa. 
Yeah. Or if you if you want to, because this this, book, this uh, series has been about the body, right? The gym. It's been about the mind and your your mental well-being, and a spa is good for that. Or you might want to engage the mind with books. We want to give you some books and some gift cards at Amazon. Um, We will be calling you this week, and you can think about what you want to um, receive from the church. It's just our honor and privilege to have you, and we're excited about giving you that. Okay, if you're new here, let me just tell you where we've been. Six weeks. Six weeks we have been doing a series called Choose to Lose. Becoming Daniel Strong. And in this series, we have been talking about things that you very rarely hear spoken about at church. We have gone places that very few churches ever go. We have talked about things like our bodies and how to care for our bodies. To try and avoid bulging bellies now but bulging medical bills later. We've tried to talk about how to train the brain. We've talked about physical fitness and diet intake and all of those kinds of things because I made the case early on in this series, and I really believe this is true, and if you'll stop and think about it, I think you'll agree with me. Christians, we people, if you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, man, just sit back today and enjoy this. We're so glad you're here. Check your Facebook, man. Do a little Twitter, whatever you want to do, but something might strike a chord with you, but I'm speaking specifically to Christians right now in this moment. If you're a Christian, We of all people should lead the way in trying to take care of our bodies. And what I said early on is we have been guilty of actually doing exactly the opposite. I talked about dualism and the fact that sometimes Christians have been guilty of saying, you know what, the body is temporal, right, and it doesn't really matter and we're going to heaven, so we're not going to care about it. And pastors have been the worst at this. Pastors are guilty of like getting up, you know, and ranting and raving about all your sin and stuff like that, all that outside external sin. And then we've been guilty of rolling up the golden corral to the buffet, And going gluttony, if you know what I mean. And so what I've been trying to do is try to explain from a biblical perspective that we of all people should actually really try to care for these bodies, to steward over them well. And it's not a matter of trying to worship the body, because our culture has gone too far with that. It's not a matter of trying to, you know, impress everybody. It's about trying to come to terms and at peace with the body that God has given you, but then steward over that to the best of your ability, to the glory and the honor of God. This is a very theological series that I believe strikes a fine line, a fine balance between our culture's tendency to worship the body and sometimes our tendency to say, well, forget about the body. And what I want to do on this last Sunday is I want to try to grab the highlights from every single week because we've covered a lot of ground. I'm not really going to dump anything new on you today. I'm going to grab the highlights from every single Sunday so that we can kind of wrap this bad boy up, connect the dots throughout all six weeks, and send us out of here hoping and praying. And this is really, really important. I'm hoping and praying that the series doesn't end today. Like one of the things I worry about sometimes is I do series, right? I spend lots of time, lots of energy preparing series, and we experience them. And then they're kind of done. You know, they're in the past. I've been praying in my own life that this series would actually carry on throughout the years, that it would actually propel me on a journey that would would last the rest of my life so that I can keep, as I get older, keep trying to care for this one and only body that God has given me. Amen? But here's what you need to know before I even start the review. 
The choice is yours. Man, when you start talking about food, hello. When you start talking about physical fitness, when you start talking about transforming the brain, at the end of the day, I can't make any of you do anything. The choice is yours. At the end of the day, I can't make my wife or my kids do anything with regards to this. The choice is theirs. At the end of the day, heck, the choice is mine. I have a hard time making me do something. How many of you have seen, uh, I love these commercials. How many of you have seen the Rob Lowe commercials on TV these days? You know the Rob Lowe, man? They got all these different versions and Rob Lowe, and it's like, don't be that Rob Lowe. Like, I think we all have that going on. The Bible says that we have two natures. You have a God-honoring, sanctified nature where God is transforming you and you're becoming a better person. But then you also have this other nature. Most of us don't really pay much attention to this, but it's all over us. It is this carnal, sinful nature. So the point of those commercials is, hey, don't be that Rob Lowe. Hey, let me just show you one of these. This is, this is one of my favorites. This is the, the poor decision-making Rob Lowe. Come on, anybody here ever struggled with, you want to do something, but you make a poor decision? Come on, poor decision, Rob Lowe. Check it out. Hi, I'm Rob Lowe, and I have DirecTV. And I'm poor decision-making Rob Lowe, and I have cable. <laughs> with DirecTV, if you tune in late to a show, you can just restart it from the beginning. I'm going to miss my show. This shady drifter wants to borrow my car. Even if I don't get home in time with DirecTV, I just restart my show. I just ate this tuna sandwich I found on the bus. Don't feel like this me. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. The poor decision-making Rob Lowe. Now, I, I got to tell you that when I thought about showing that, I was going to cut off the DirecTV stuff at the end. I mean, because we don't, we don't want to run a commercial for DirecTV, right? So this morning we were in here early, and I was like, guys, cut the DirecTV. And Pastor Fuller, the guy who led you in worship earlier, he said, no, 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 please don't. Just tell them to call DirecTV, and when they do, give them Fuller's name, and I'll get $100, he says. <laughs> you know that? That's just like Fuller, man. So, come on, let's review. So here's where we've been all, all six weeks. And if you haven't been here, you came on a good day. And by the way, you can buy the entire series in the Resource Center today. They've already consolidated it. The very first week, I grounded the entire series in faith. In what? I mean, I don't know about you, but if you've ever tried to do something on your own strength, you usually fail. But what I grounded us in that day is the truth is we are never really going to be able to manage and steward over these bodies well until we learn to tap into the power of God. Until we learn to that self-control really isn't self-control. The best self-control is to give God full control. So we talked about faith. The second week, I had two tables on the stage full of food. What is it? Going to review that a little bit today. The third week, we talked about exercise, physical fitness. And I should let you know that we have going on a thousand people running or walking the 510K today. Four o'clock. That's the good news. Here's the bad news we have no idea where everybody's going to park. Like, our parking lot cannot hold that many. So, Listen, you can park in the house right beside uh, the parking lot. We own that house. We call that the Hope House. There's a little parking lot in there. Across the road, there's the Tobacco Trail parking, which is where we're going to uh, run out of. And you can park on the road. Besides that, good luck. Um, <laughs> seriously, carpool and get here early. Then I talked about focus. Focus. 
And then I talked about friends and I originally planned to preach a message on friendship and how the best kind of diet and physical fitness is always done in community. But then I skipped that week and then I could tell some of you really wanted me to preach that week on friends. So I gave you a sermon and a sentence on friends. Here it is. Get some. Get some friends and you need to talk about it and you know that. And I skipped it and I camped out on focus for a second week last week and we'll talk about it. And then today I'm just kind of tying it up. And I'm trying to talk to us all about a lifestyle. About a lifestyle, not just a six-week series. Say this with me. If you aim for nothing, you will hit it every time. What I'm trying to get us to do is actually think about what is the target for our lives. What are we going to aim for? The year was 2004. Summer Olympics. A man by the name of Matthew Emmons was in the Olympics, Summer Olympics, like I said. He was shooting in the five-meter rifle competition. He had aced the competition up to this point. It was the final round of the rifle competition in the 2004 Olympics. All he had to do was hit the target anywhere and he would win gold. Not hit a bullseye, just hit it anywhere and he would win gold. That is how good he had done up to this point. And so Matthew Emmons took his rifle up and steadied his gaze. And like the American sniper, slowed his breathing down. And right in between breaths, he squeezed off the final shot of the final round of the competition. And you might say, gold, right? No. He missed his target and hit someone else's target. He literally shot the wrong target. He went from gold medal winner to like eighth place. What I want to tell you today is that everyone ends up somewhere but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Everyone in here, you will end up somewhere, so will I, but only a few people end up somewhere on purpose. This series is about you and I trying to figure out what is the bullseye for our lives? What is the target that we're aiming for? And make no mistake about it, it is all about vision. What is your vision for your life? You have to come up with that. But I will remind you that Proverbs says this, Proverbs 29, let's read it out loud together, an incredible verse of Scripture, Proverbs 29:18. Ready? Go. Where there is no vision, the people, where there is no what? The people do what? So if you don't have a vision for your life in terms of physical fitness and diet intake, you will perish. Again, everyone ends up somewhere. But very few people end up somewhere on purpose. So let me just hit the highlights, pull this whole series together. Show me you were paying attention. What did I say this week was on? This week was on faith. And during this week, I tried to do something again that I think we've often neglected in the church. I'm sorry, on behalf of pastors like me, I'm sorry. But we haven't really done a good job of developing a theology of health. A theology of health. 
We sometimes just say, forget about the body, we're going to focus on the spirit, when in reality the Bible teaches us very clearly that the body is a very faith-based issue to talk about. 1 Corinthians 6. Let's read this scripture out loud together. And this is what we grounded it in that day. Ready? Go. Do you not know that your bodies are... Bodies are what? Of the... Who is in you. Check it out. Let's continue. There you go. Your own body, what? Does not... For God has with a price. Now let's continue. One more little verse. Ready? Go. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Again, therefore, honor God with your bodies. The Bible says that your body is a what? It's a temple in which God lives and dwells. And the Bible says that God bought your body at a price. Who knows what the price was? Jesus who died on a cross for every single one of us that our sins might be forgiven. But the Bible kind of ups the ante a little bit and says, hey, he paid a price, not just for your sins, not just for your place in heaven, but he paid a price for that body. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And it was this week that I really unpacked three things. I'm just going to hit them really quick, rapid fire today, just making sure we hear it all one more time because this is hard stuff. Developing a solid theology of health. I said this, number one, my body belongs to God and his spirit lives in me. If you you start taking notes yet, I hope you will. Grab that worship sheet that you received when you got in. Grab that pen. Turn it over. My body belongs to God and his spirit lives in me. Number two, God expects me to care for my body. So when I care for my body, I'm honoring God. When I don't care for my body, I am dishonoring God. And number three, this was a big mountainous topic that I tried to cover that day. God will resurrect my body after I die. If we can just step back from this temporal existence that we live in and realize that the Bible teaches one day there will be a literal, physical, bodily resurrection. There was already one for Jesus and for those who are in Christ. The Bible says that the end of the story is going to come. Christ will come again and we will either die on planet earth first or he will come in our lives. But if we die first, the Bible says that God will raise these mortal bodies to glory forever. And therefore, the question I was asking that week is, shouldn't we care for our body if we know the end result? This is about stewardship of your body. Now, when I say the word stewardship, some of you start thinking about money. Because the church, you know, when we talk about tithing, it's a stewardship issue. And you guys are so generous in this church. And we, we bring God our tithe. We bring him 10%. That's stewardship. But do you know that we are also tasked with stewarding, not just over our finances, but over our bodies as well. Then we talked about What? Food. Now, how many of you would admit that this is probably the hardest one? How many of you would admit that your family at times, maybe you're guilty of this, you leave the healthy food in the pantry and you hide the unhealthy food or you eat the unhealthy food? Don't you lie, you're in church. How many of you have hidden? How many of you have hidden food up in your house? That's what I thought. 
That's what I thought. I, I, um, I hosted a conference in Jacksonville, Florida one time called The Gathering. It was about four or 5,000 pastors, and I was kind of like the MC for this thing. And we brought in a comedian. His name was Jeff Allen. I want to have him here one Sunday. He is an hilarious comedian. And Jeff was up there, man, and he was talking about how he and his wife, he and his wife would take brownies at night. They would hide them from the kids in their bedroom. They would literally take brownies in the master suite and he said they would pull the blankets over their heads and eat brownies together. <laughs> Later on in his little comedic routine, he talked about the fact that he had three kids. One was 25, one was 18, and one was five. And I, that kind of caught my attention, but like I said, I was just emceeing it. So at backstage after the night was over, we were just talking, we were just catching up. And I said, hey man, that's crazy. I got like five kids. I said, but I, I have mine closer together. What? How, why did, what, how did you do a 25-year-old and then an 18-year-old and a 5-year-old? I said, tell me about that. What happened there? He goes, we ran out of brownies one night. <laughs> I mean, food, man, food. Food is a challenging subject. But you will recall that it was that week that I really pointed out in this book, and I think we might have a few of these left. We've never sold so many books in the history of this church as we've sold this book during these last six weeks. It's called The Daniel Plan. And in this book, it's got all kinds of uh, websites and some recipes and all this kind of stuff. And that's what the food was on the stage for that day when I talked about trying to change our diet. Not realizing that we can't splurge every now and then. Not saying that you can't eat some sweets or some good meat. But the gist of the Daniel's plan was this. To live Daniel strong is to eat an abundance of vegetables, fruit, whole grains, and lean meat. That's not the westernized American diet. FYI. And I talked about that day that you could take a plate, and this came from the book, and you could divvy it up. And this is really what they're trying to encourage us to do. And it's really what I've been working on in my own life. You want to eat non-starchy vegetables. This is what a plate would look like. Lean protein. Starch or grains. And low glycemic fruit. You want to start thinking about portions and what you eat. And this Daniel plan has been thrusting us Onto that. And just so you know, it's not just some health kick. Okay, I know we've seen enough of those. It really is about understanding 1 Corinthians 10 31. Short verse. I love this verse. I got it on the back of a few t shirts out loud. Really, 1 Corinthians 10 31. Ready? Go. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the. Do it all for the what? Now, let me just camp out for just a moment on the glory test. It was that week that I shared with you something that a mentor taught me a long time ago called the glory test. Now, this is huge. This has powerful redemptive potential for you, but hear my heart here. It's also a slippery slope. So let me just explain the glory test. The glory test is this. If I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat or if I'm thinking about what I'm going to drink, Hello. Or how much to drink. I know alcohol can still be a very controversial issue. But here's the deal. The Bible is very, very clear. You can have a responsible drink. But the moment you slip anywhere near drunkenness, it is a sin. So I talked about things like food that day. And I talked about drinking. I talked about smoking. 
And I know I offended some people, but I just plain outright called a spade a spade. There is no data and no research that says that's good for your body. So if you smoke two things, I love you. No, three things. I love you. You're welcome. You're welcome at this church. We're so glad you're here. You need to cut it out. You need to do anything you can. To get off that. Somebody asked me one time, hey, can you smoke and, and will you go to hell? I know some of you have heard this. I said, no, you'll just smell like you've been there. <laughs> it's, it's nasty, man. It's nasty. But this glory test, like I don't, my point is I don't think you can lift a cigarette to the glory of God. So that, that, that shows you what I'm saying with this glory test. So when I sit down to eat, like I, I, you got to ask yourself, can I eat this to the glory of God? Now, sometimes you can if it's a sweet or you know, sometimes you can, but it just depends on how you live in your lifestyle. Can I eat this to the glory of God? It, am I stewarding over my body well? Can I drink this to the glory of God? Like can I lift a responsible glass of wine or drink to the glory of God. Some of you are going to have to deal with your conscience on that and how you've been raised and what the Bible says. And for some people, it's no. You can't. For some people, it might be yes. But here's where the slippery slope comes down. You've got to be very, very careful because the heart, the heart, the Bible says the heart will deceive you. You've got to be very careful because some people are like, I can do that to the glory of God. I'm on beer number 10. I'm drinking this to the glory. No, 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 you're not. You're, you're full of it, Right? So this glory test, though it is a very, very wonderful thing, be careful and know your heart. But the glory test is really good, and it comes from 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Do what? All things. Do all things what? The glory of God. Can I do that? Then we talked about physical fitness. Just moving along real quickly. Pastor Jared, our brand new Connections Discipleship Pastor, was up here in a warm-up suit. Remember this? I got the biggest guy on staff with the biggest shoulders to preach on fitness. And he got down here on the stage and he did push-ups. Y'all remember this? That dude is OCD. Did you remember what he said about his shoes? I, I thought I was picky about my shoes. Jared gets in his car and because he doesn't want the back of his shoes to get dirty from the carpet, he takes his shoes off to drive. What do you need to walk up to him in the rotunda after the service and just step on his shoe? No, I would not do that. He's a big old boy. Don't do that. But this week we talked about physical fitness. We talked about um, understanding that we have a choice. And it was a powerful message. And he drew from, he drew from Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 and 20. And, and here it is. This, is. this is a passage that really does remind us of the choice that we have. Out loud, together, go. This day... I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you what, church? Blessings and... Let's continue. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to His voice and hold fast to Him. I love this next verse. For the Lord is your... Hold, stop right there. I love that verse. For the Lord is what? Just says it all, doesn't it? For the Lord is your life. You do know that if he wanted to, if he turned his gaze from you for one instant, your life would be done. 
the very air you're breathing right now. He's life. Your heart's beating right now because he declares for your heart to beat. Come on now. The Lord is your life. And he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now the best line that Pastor Jared said that day was this. And it has just really stuck to me. Choose to lose excuses when it comes to physical fitness. Just choose to lose excuses. It will look different for every single person in here. But decide this day. That you're going to be a person who stewards over your body and gets active because everything in the Western world is pushing us towards a sedentary kind of lifestyle. He said this, between goals and achievement are discipline and consistency. Excuses. Then we talked about, what was this one? Help me out. You remember it? What is it? Focus. Focus. Last week. I can hit this really quick because you, if you were here last week, you got it. But the verse that we, we pulled from from Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2. Let's read it out loud. You're reading scripture so great today. Keep it going. It is the word of God. Go. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good Pleasing and perfect will. Now, come by. Somebody tell me you remember this. What was the word that I taught us comes from that word transformed? Metamorphosis. Exactly. Metamorphosis. What I was trying to teach us last week and want to remind you of today is that God desires to transform your mind in a metamorphosis kind of way. The Greek word metamorphosis from which we get, right? Metamorphosis is the old grade school experiment. The caterpillar becomes the what? Butterfly. God wants to transform your mind in a way similar to that. I pointed out this. If you change your brain, you will change your life. If you change your brain... You will change your life. Most of us have a tendency to focus on our bodies or our actions. We don't focus on our brains because we can't really see our brains, right? But this series starts with the heart, faith, goes to the brain, learning to think about such things, and thinking then impacts living. Real quickly, I showed you an acrostic last week, SMART. I challenged you to formulate a plan that was SMART, S. Target a specific area of improvement. M, measurable. Quantify an indicator of progress. A, assignable. This is where I camped out and said, listen, some of you are already working too hard. Some of you can't work any harder. And the last thing I want is for this series just to feel like another burden upon you. No, no, no. Some of you actually need to learn the art of delegation. Particularly when it comes to your house. And getting our little precious children involved in helping us carry the load. By the way, some children and students kind of cornered me last week. They weren't happy that I talked to you about getting them involved in caring for and running the house. But I stand by it. Realistic. R. Got to make sure the goal is realistic. And T. Time related. Time related. Formulating a goal. 
And if you formulate a goal, you formulate a bullseye that has smart to it and you work that in your life, you actually learn to focus on progress and not perfection. So let me wrap it all up today with some application and I'm done. And then we're going to go get a little bite to eat and come back and do a 5K, 10K, whatever you decide to do. One, number one, write lists of everything that gives you energy and everything that drains your energy. This is a practical application for you this week. Find some time, sit down, get a journal, type it out, whatever, doesn't matter, and actually write lists of everything that gives you energy. Write the activities that give you energy. Write the people that give you energy. I mean, there are some people that just give you energy. Then there are some people who what? Do not give you energy. So write a list of everything that gives you energy and everything that drains your energy. Have you guys ever been around people? They just suck your energy? I mean, you can see them coming, bro. And they just and then, and then they walk away from you and you like feel like crud, man. Right? So make a list of the activities or the people that give you energy. And drain your energy. Here's the second thing. Each week, don't try to tackle it all, but each week, resolve to let go of one thing that drains your energy and add one thing that gives you energy. Just make a list and then remove the activities or the people that drain you of your energy. Unless it's your spouse. You got to offer that caveat. Some of you will quote me on that. You cannot. No, you can't. Disregard a spouse if they are in a season of draining your... Or can you, nor can you do a kid. Sorry. <laughs> you gave birth to them. You, gave, you brought them into this world. I know you think, I brought them in, I can take them out. No, you can't. Sounds fun to say. I've said it to Bob, but you really can't. Or you'll be in a prison somewhere and we'll have a campus in your prison. <laughs> but each week, resolve in your heart. Here's the key. Here's the key. Add the activities that give you energy, that, that put fuel in your tank and cause your spirit to soar. Hang out with those kinds of people and start doing away with activities or people who drain you of your energy. Listen, listen, some of you are hanging around people. You really don't need to hang around and you know it. You get around them and you say things you shouldn't say. You laugh at jokes you shouldn't laugh at. You think things you shouldn't think and you do things you shouldn't do. Listen, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. This is huge. This is, and, and, and you want to be great. I, and this is the stuff that separates good from great. You want to be great in your life. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. And what takes you from good to great is to think about those things that give you energy, drain you energy. Add those that give you energy. Do away with those that drain your energy. Number three, formulate a plan with SMART goals. Don't need the same thing else there. You know what SMART stands for. And by the way, this can be about physical fitness and food, yes, but it can be about every area of your life, every area. This fourth one is huge, huge Huge, don't miss this. If you haven't taken any notes, write this one down. Turn your bad days into good data. 
Oh, my word. See, bad days derail many of us. We have a bad day, we get discouraged, and then we get derailed, and then we're off the whole plan, and we say, forget about it. When really great people, winners learn to take bad days, and they learn from it and turn it into good data. See, bad days are only bad days if we don't learn from them. But if you actually start to learn from your bad days, they become good data. And then you don't make the same mistake twice. Even your setbacks on your journey, even your bad days can propel you forward into the areas of greatness that you are deeply desiring. Here's the fifth thing, and I'm done. Enjoy daily intimacy with God. Enjoy daily intimacy with with God. Don't need a show of hands, but I just got to ask you. How many of you how many of you spend time daily with God in prayer? How many of you spend time daily with God in his word? You're like, man, I don't know. I just don't like reading it. You know, we have such technology today. You can actually put it on your smartphone and it just be read to you while you ride down the road. You can buy the Bible on CDs now. Daily intimacy with God. I put this last, but it really could be first because that's why I started with faith. Here's what you need to know. We're never really going to be able to live great lives unless we tap into the power source of God. Right? Many of us have tried long enough to do it on our own. And what we've got to figure out is when we tap into God daily and we, we let God speak to us and the Holy Spirit transform our minds and we get into the Word and we let, our, let God develop in our minds a biblical worldview, life then starts to take on meaning and we then start to tap into the power source of God. That enables us to be all that God is calling us to be in the first place. I started with an Olympic story. Let me end with one. This was not 2004. This was 1968. Long time ago. 1968. A man by the name of John Aquari from Tanzania. Was a marathon runner. He wasn't anything supernatural. But he was a good marathon runner. He had competed in several marathons and come in less than two and a half hours. Some of us are going to be trying to do 5K in less than two and a half hours today. He was a good runner, but he wasn't super natural or special. But he he easily qualified to run the marathon in 1968 in Mexico City. Now, when he took off in Mexico City, he encountered an obstacle that he had never encountered before in Tanzania. He encountered altitude problems had problems breathing. That set into his legs where he started cramping big time. About halfway through the race, the cramps were so bad that several times he just had to stop, but he kept getting up. He just wouldn't stop for long. About three-quarters of the way through the race, he got caught up with another runner. Legs got tangled. He fell, dislocated his shoulder, scraped up his legs and his arms. Long story short... He finished the race, whereas he started toward the front, he finished the race dead last. Hear me, church. Hours after the previous runner had finished, 
hours later, this one man crossed the finish line. When he got finished, an interviewer came up to him and asked him a few questions. And here were the questions. Why didn't you just quit when you were hurt and bruised and bloody and discouraged? Why didn't you just quit? His answer was priceless. He said, my country didn't send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. What a quote. What a story. How are you going to finish your race? Because you've already started. And you've started well. But it's not so much how we start, church. It's how we finish. And my prayer has been that this series would not just be something that we wrap up and end on March 15th. I've actually been praying for you, and I don't say that lightly, literally praying for you, as I pray for myself, that this would be a series that would propel us onto a lifestyle journey where we get better and better every single day at stewarding over these bodies that God has given us. So that one day when we get to the end of our race, if you will, we will have done it well. We will have finished well. Because here's what some of you have been thinking. Let me just end with this. Some of you have been thinking this. Pastor, is this all really that big of a deal? I mean, so what if you blow it one day and, like, you know, eat four Happy Meals at McDonald's? And you got the toys to show it. So what? And guess what? Guess what? I'm going to surprise you right now. You're right. No big deal. It's really not. Some of you are like, well, what if you blow it for a week? Right? Is that, is that really a big deal? It's really, it's really not. But you know what I see often? Maybe it's because of what I do. I'm a pastor. I visit people in hospitals. I marry people. Then I bury people. I come across people on a regular basis. And they haven't wasted a day. They haven't wasted a week or a month. They've wasted a life. And there are very few things more sad than someone who wastes a life. That's why I did this series. Because I don't want to waste my life. And you don't want to waste yours. So what do you say in this moment right here? Right now. In this sacred moment. We say to God, hey, I want you to take my life. I've heard about this for six weeks. Or maybe you just came three weeks, four weeks. I don't know. But I want to invite you just to stand where you are. Just stand up. All of our campuses. And we're about to do a powerful old song. It's, interestingly enough, the name of the song is titled, Take My Life. Try to stay put. Don't try to, don't yet. Just try to stay put. God's moving here. 
And why don't you consider doing this? I know it might be a little bold for you, but why don't you just take your hands and hold them out in front of you? With all heads bowed, this is just between you and God. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Lights are down. Why don't you just say a prayer like this? You could actually, I want to invite you to say it out loud if you feel led. Say, Lord Jesus, take my life. Take my life today. Send me on a journey. God, I want to steward over this life. I want to be healthy. I want to eat well. I want to live well. I want to laugh hard. So come into my life. Thank you for giving me Jesus. Thank you for paying a price for this temple. Live inside of me. Transform my mind. Take over my life. I live it from this day forward for your glory. And when I fall short, help me be gracious with myself. Help me think progress, not perfection. I am yours. Take my life. Take my life today. Take my life, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.